I want to start out this morning by, today I'm going to talk about in this economy of grace about soaring, soaring in grace. Find out how we can do that. And as we are walking and coming into that celebration of Christmas when, when grace appeared. And grace appeared in the person of Jesus Christ. And uh, according to Titus, that's what was literally taken place. Uh, in Psalms chapter 3, David starts out with uh, really, you know, hey God, I got a problem. And you can see David in his conversation here, he's starting out with his problems, you know what I mean? And not unlike a lot of us, we, when we come, we, you know, first thing we do is we address, you know, our issues. When I woke up this morning, about four o'clock, had a good, great night's rest. I won't tell you what time I went to bed because you would have thought I slept too long. But uh, <laughs> anyway, at four o'clock, he wakes me up and he says this. And, and you know me, you know, I'm not, I'm not just one just throws things out. He said, some people are hung up on the issues. That is, their issues in life. Instead of being hung up on Jesus or the Messiah. Think about it. Adjusting what is occupying us. Yeshua was something which is simply, you know what I mean, is for us it's Jesus. But it has to do that he is our rescuer, our deliverer. It is literally a shout. That's what they would do. Shout when you were in need of a rescue, a cry for help. David here starts out that way, paints the hopelessness and all of those opinions that are surrounding, that he's hearing. And have news like we have it today, but, you know, things would come to the ear of the king. And... The way he got out of his hang-up on his issues was that he remembered who God was. He says in verse 3, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me. Okay, this is the report that's happening. This is the reality, but, you know, some transformation begins to happen in my glory and the one who lifts up my head. And he says, I cried to the Lord with my voice and he heard me from his holy hill. And, and he tells us, what was the result? He said, I went to sleep. So what's he saying? He says, I was having sleepless nights. I was being so focused on the issues that my eyes couldn't sleep. My body couldn't get rest. And then here, you know, when I go, finally go ahead and, and, and uh, 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 adjust my focus from the issues to the Yeshua, man, I crawl in bed because I've gotten some confidence and I've gotten some assurance and, you know, He's my shield. He's the one who lifts, lifts me up. Then he goes on to say, I will not be afraid of 10,000 of people who have set themselves against me. I 
That's a pretty good thing that God wants to happen in our lives. Simple things as sleep. Simple things as sleep. Paul wrote this and he said, God said to me, my strength and power is made perfect, fulfilled, and complete. And it's in your weakness. Paul captured a view of the sufficiency of grace so that he was not hampered by the issues. And here's what some amplifieds in other versions say about it and render this. He says, I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Your view of yourself is important. In 2 Corinthians, it says that talks about how our sufficiency is of God and not of ourselves. How big are you in your own sight and how big is God in your sight? Because God said to Saul, he said, when you were little in your own sight, I could use you. But when you got big, I couldn't use you. Capturing the sufficiency and the abundancy of grace. Recognizing our personal smallness, but yet his ever great sufficiency will go a long ways in our life. The demonstration and the reality of God's power. So I was given a handicap. To keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Satan's angel did his best to get me down. and When in fact, what he did is he pushed me to my knees. No danger then of walking around high and mighty. At first, I didn't think of it as a gift. And I begged God to remove it. Three times I did that, and then he said, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into you in your weakness. And he says, once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. Boy, there's some powerful transformation taking place. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a, a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take my limitations in stride with good cheer. These limitations, they cut me down to size. Abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks... I'll just let Christ take over. So the weaker I get, the stronger I become. Challenging, but yet a fact, church. Grace, it's inexhaustible, and we talk about it but we want to participate in it. It's sufficient for every need. For temptation, for the cravings in your life, for the conflict in your life, for the relationships that you have, for the challenge and the task. God's grace 
that divine power and influence. This grace is so amazing that there is no tank that's big enough to leave grace in short supply. In other words, you, you can fill everything and it'll always get full. It is through grace that, that, that divine means which God himself makes everything we need to literally abound. Grace is the medicine that heals. It's the floor on which we stand, according to Romans chapter 5. In which grace we stand. It's sufficient strength, it's sufficient joy, sufficient insight. It covers the area of life. It covers the monetary area. It covers the emotional area. It covers the spiritual area. And it covers the natural areas. But so many times people treat grace like an antibiotic. They take grace and once they start to feel better, they close the cap. And they put it in the medicine cabinet and wait till the next crisis. But we want to soar in grace. We have some scriptures this morning, if you would, Matt. See, and then we have a great high priest. Everybody say great. Oh, hallelujah. Who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot, be simp- cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was at all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. In him we have redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you this morning for the word, for the grace. You have given it. Help us to be able to receive it. Father, we thank you. And we bless you for it in Jesus' name. Grace is not only pardon, it is power. Grace fits and conforms, as it were, no matter what life is, so it can work in your life, in my life. Grace is the counterbalance for sins and shortcomings. For all of sin and come short of the glory of God. Grace says that evil will not win. For where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. You need to gather 
the details of grace. And the blessings that we have in Jesus Christ. Second Peter says his divine power has given us exceeding and great and precious promises that through these we might be partakers of divine nature. What's the details? It's not small print, <laughs> you know? It's regular print. Grace is the master's story. And the more that you tell Grace's story, the weightier it gets. That's why there's such an infusion and inspiration around the various holidays. Because Grace's story is brought to the forefront and, and, and told again, and all of a sudden, you know, hearts are quickened and hearts are stirred, and, you know, people actually start to change. They get a little more happy, get a little more excited about life. You know, there, there becomes a focus. It's not the issues, you know. It's the Washia, the Messiah. Grace. Wonderful thing about grace is it's not only dealt with our past, is here, present, in the day, but it's also in our future. Grace is that anointing in your life. The anointing in your life for life. Yes, my grace is sufficient for you. Isaiah said that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Currents, opposing currents are not disadvantage to eagles. They use the currents to go higher and higher and higher and higher. Now, doesn't that fit when Paul says that weakness is an opportunity for strength? I used to complain, Paul says, about my weakness. Now I see it as an opportunity. Not that our sufficiency is of ourselves, because our sufficiency is of God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The available sufficiency. Everybody has to face disappointments and people actually get disappointed in God. Jonah got disappointed in God. He wasn't just disappointed in life. He was disappointed with God. And there are certain things that keep us grounded. <coughs> An airplane, you know what I mean? If there's certain weather conditions, certain elements, you know, keep an airplane from flying. You can't go out. 
naturally. And in our spiritual world, in our spiritual life too, there's things that will keep us from soaring. Sometimes the things that keep us from soaring is our past. Sometimes it might be the shame. Other times it could be fear. Moving and catching the winds and the wing of the Spirit. You face all of those with the grace of God, the promise of the grace of God. It shall mount up with wings, and wings is, it says, it says that God said to the children of Israel, I bore you up on wings of an eagle, or eagle's wings, it actually references in that order. In other words, it's God's power. Now, now when you look at the history of it, you see it applies to everyday life. You don't read of them, you know what I mean? You know, having some kind of, you know, flight up into the heavens. You read about them overcoming the oppositions and the obstacles and all of those things. It's grace that's causing that to happen in your life. The divine power. Sometimes it's called divine inspiration. Divine encouragement. Psalm 23 says, you anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Grace is such a wonderful thing. It was the movement of God. He pursued us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. The wonderful thing about grace this morning is you're not on probation. You belong to the royal family. Oh yes, there's always the enemy that's trying to wedge in and create doubt. Grace assures you of the future. Grace is what has made and gives us hope Strengthens us. Graces assures that your life is jam packed with purpose. Jam packed with purpose. Grace fills your life with purpose, not just your schedule. Your schedule can be filled, and yet you haven't, you know what I mean, really tapped in that there's a purpose for your schedule. This grace is so powerful that when you come to death, your purpose and your future is not diminished. Grace conquers this and has brought life and immortality to 
to reality. Grace is God saying yes to all of his promises. I mean, that's just an amazing little verse right there. You know what I mean? And it's the most healing band-aid almost in the word if you can get a hold of it. He says yes to all his promises. Everybody say yes. How many love to hear the word yes? Huh? Huh. Nobody likes to hear no. Dad, mom, honey, whatever you call one another. (laughs) Just love to hear yes. The banker. Grace is not only the yes of God, it's the empowerment for the yes of God. To complete, you know, what has already started in your life. He who has begun a good work in you is able to complete it. You might run out of steam, but grace doesn't run out of steam. Grace is God's initiative based on God's heart, based on God's plan, and supported by God's power. Grace has taken away the curse. Let the curse be broken this morning. Grace is accessible. Therefore, having access by faith into his grace. God can be approached. Literally accessible means easy to approach and open to influence of someone or something else. It's the right to come in. can ask Hebrews he knows that there's a situation that arise that you're going to need it Jesus Christ he's that agent the agent of grace he's salvation He's the haven of rest. He's a safe harbor from the storms and storms of life. He's the anchor in a person's life when they're tossed to and fro. He's the hand that helps. He's the arm that defends. He's the drink that satisfies. And he's the bread that gives life. Man. You have a permanent standing in grace. You have a permanent possession in grace. And it's all based upon some results that happened and took place in the past. And that's the cross of Jesus Christ. The capstone, as it were, 
the finishing touch on the painting for humanity's destiny in life. God is accessible. It means that you have confidence to speak. Feel free to say whatever you want. Grace. The children of Israel experienced daily grace. Every morning they would go out and they would collect a provision that God had set on the ground for them for that day. Daily grace was there for the taking. Just an amazing thing about grace. Perspective has a lot to do with your receiving. In Mark chapter 1 verse 40 there is a leper that comes to Jesus and He knows that Jesus can heal him. But he is not sure that Jesus will heal him. Life had really damaged him. Life had damaged him, you know. He had an inferior for, inferiority complex. His self-esteem was so low. Having faced a life of rejection and disappointment having faced, you know, the effects of how he's always having to be on the outside and nobody's really seeming to take them into the inside into an embrace. And so he hears about Jesus and he is confident that he could heal him, but he is not sure that, that Jesus cared enough to heal him. Grace touches the untouchable. Grace even touches the unthankful. It's not perfection that grace, you know, gets attracted to. Grace keeps breaking through barriers. It might not look like you might not always always seem like it, you know what I mean? But here's what Paul said. He said, I'm struck down, but I'm not destroyed. How many know there's a big difference between struck down and being destroyed? You can get struck down, but grace helps you get back up again. You've had bad days. Don't beat yourself up for bad days. Begin to thank God for the good days that grace went ahead and made for you. God is is what I call a reclamation project. Every one of us are reclamation projects. God breaking through. Micah 2 and 13 says, the one who breaks open the way will go up before them. 
They will break through the gate and go out. Their king will pass through before them. The Lord is their head. Grace. The activity of God and the influence of God, the life and the heart of people. Of all the things that grace does, grace gets you back up when you're hit. You may not always get up feeling like, you know, some days you get up and you're, you know, yahoo. <laughs> and other days you get up and you go, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. But we work our way through it. It's God's grace. It's God's grace, church. Grace floods our future. It's a wonderful thing. Grace. Grace, how can we exemplify grace in our lives and how can we, you know, increase grace in our lives. Grace has been given. Come to the throne of grace that you might receive grace. So, you know, grace is not always just an automatic. Grace is available. Paul had to change his perspective, you know, in order to go ahead and, you know, uh, 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 utilize the dynamics of grace for the weakness that he, that he faced. I think I said last week that, you know, we don't make the water flow, but we turn the faucet on. We don't provide the electricity, but we do, you know, flip the switch. When he says that we do not have a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, what are you saying? Come in and touch. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Go ahead. Now, I know that God knows everything, et cetera, you know, but he says you have not because you ask not. God wants to feel what you feel because you have approached him on how you feel. We have a high priest that basically he says, I can be touched with the feeling of your infirmities. If a blind man goes to an eye doctor, it seems out of character that the eye doctors say, what do you want, right? But somehow Jesus makes it you know, clear that he wants you to go ahead and identify. What is it, what you want? I might receive my sight. The appropriation, you know what I mean, and the direction. So that the application of grace, you know, can find its target from your direction. Remember the king that was given uh, the promise of victory. And the instructions were I want you to take your rod and I want you to hit the ground. 
and he hits the ground twice. God goes, oh man. You just limited the size of your victory. It basically said, you should have been so excited about the Jews. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> he says, because if you had hit at that time, your enemy would have completely been destroyed. Grace. Turn the faucet on. Flip the switch. Come. You never had access before, but now because of Jesus Christ, you got total access. Free access. Takes a long time, and I'm learning, but I'm tired of running on my own strength. Paul says, there's a lot of things I can do, but he says it doesn't really amount to anything. Grace is more the absence of me and the presence of God than it is the presence of me and the absence of God. I asked my son to come and the musicians to come. How can you improve grace in your life? And I know that probably flies in the, in the face of grace is unmerited. Well, grace is unmerited because God brought it without any response from you or I made grace available. But according to Titus, it says, the grace of God has appeared and teaches us. So it's a, a tremendous teacher. It's like a parent. It not only brings us into the fold, it teaches us how to have the life that comes from the fold. Paul writes to Timothy, he says, you can enhance grace in your life, you know, if you train yourself in godliness. Train yourself in godliness. Grow in grace. Reject profane and old wise fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. You've got spiritual muscles. He says, discipline yourself in growth. I knew uh, a pastor, Pastor Bell, Scott, some of them would know Pastor Bell. He's been gone for quite a while. But one of his spiritual exercises, when he got up in the morning, and, and this is a fact, every morning didn't make any difference. He got up and, well, both him and his wife would get up and they would Praise the Lord. And they didn't just, you know, sit on the side of the bed, you know what I mean? Praise the Lord, you know, you know the yawning, praising the Lord. Get up, praise the Lord, hallelujah, glory to God, Jesus is wonderful. Seriously. I just would, revel- I mean, their body felt better, it woke up, <laughs> you know. And it inspired and, 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 you know, and got their thought processes and their connection with a grace that was already there. Exercise themselves. Train yourself. Let 
May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, thy strength, my Redeemer. What is that? Pray without ceasing. What is that? Abide in me and my words abide in you. And you'll ask what you will. What is that? It's paying attention to the connection. Pay attention to the connection. How's the connection going? From your side, not God's side. Yeah. God's already connected. But you have to stay connected. You train yourself Take regular action to get more of God in your mind and in your heart. Notice what Paul says this. He says, by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. It was such a cooperation between the grace of God and the Apostle Paul, you know? There was no boasting here, but he says, you know what? I really had to position myself. What if Paul would have said, when God said, you know, my grace is sufficient for you. What if he hadn't just grabbed a hold of that and run with it? You know what happened? That he had been always under it rather than on top of it. always under it rather than on top of it. Train yourself to hear God's voice. In Acts chapter 20 it says, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Just really got to have the Bible. I hope I hope you like this, but you really got to have the Bible. You really need to get the testimony of grace. You know? What is my inheritance in Jesus Christ? What is the power that I have for, for daily living? So we train ourselves to hear the word. Let's stand with me this morning so I quit. All right. <laughs> How do you soar in grace? Number one, you got to get saved. You got to get saved. It's like having a major, major inheritance and not showing up for the reading of the will. And you don't even know what you got coming. When you get saved, it's like show, it's showing up to the reading of the will and the reading of the will and all of a sudden, I have an inheritance. My father is the king of kings and the lord of lords. My Savior, Jesus Christ, everything belongs to him, and he says, I'm going to share it equally with every one of you. We're heirs with God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Catch that, church. It's not just a part. You know, it's not just a portion. The grace of God says that, you know, the fullness that goes to Jesus goes to you. Grace does not diminish even though it's given out. It doesn't. And grace is no respecter of persons. 
Oh, hallelujah. Give the Lord a praise this morning. Church. Celebrate and to soar in the grace of God because this is a drink. The Bible says keeps on giving. It's a drink that turns into rivers. It's called to have an overflow in, in your life. Grace. Grace. Father, this morning, we cannot begin to comprehend or adequately even explain the wonders of your grace. But help us to realize today that when we receive Jesus Christ in our lives, we have him who is the fullness of grace and truth. Let the transforming power and perspective of grace hit our lives. And help us to realize that the answers that we've gotten when we've been asking the question have come from the grace of you. That the doors that were opened, God, you know, that was the door of exit or blessing have been opened by because your grace is active. The light that shines into us even in this moment and in this hour about the truth of Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, the sacrifice of God is all because grace has been impressed into our lives and into our hearts. The strength that we walk every day in is because of the divine grace of you in our lives. As we leave this morning and go with God, may we walk in the power of your grace in Jesus' name. Go with God because God's gone with you.